3: Back to the Exone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. Our toll free number is 1 877 528 8255, and that is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is Exone at TalkStarRadio.com, on MSN Messenger, TalkStarRadio at Hotmail.com, and our websites, www.exonradio.com and to watch and listen to our show live from our studios in Hamilton com My guest this hour is Bob Honeycutt. A ghostly encounter 33 years ago in Arizona in an Arizona theater was the beginning of Bob Honeycutt's journey into the world of ghosts and hauntings. A theater ghost challenged his notions of the existence of life after death and helped him realize that science could not easily explain everything. Over the last 19 years, Bob has investigated cases of phenomena associated with a wide variety of hauntings at private residences, businesses, and historical landmarks throughout the state of Georgia, the southeast, and portions of the Midwest. He has worked with renowned members of the paranormal community, including exorcist father Andrew Calder, demonologist John Zaffis, paranormal investigator Patrick Burns, Ghost hunter Patty Starr, psychics Chip Coffee, Reese Christian, and Sharon Jalins. He is the founder and director of the Georgia Ghost Society and the Central Georgia representative for the American Ghost Society. He has been featured. He has been a featured investigator at paranormal underground events held at Talbot Tavern in uh, Bardstown, Kentucky, and the Mansfield Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. He regularly speaks at local colleges, historical societies, and paranormal conferences that include OmegaCon in Birmingham, Alabama; Oostock 6 in Savannah, Georgia, the Mid-South Paranormal Conference in Louisville, and Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, and Bob Honeycutt, welcome to the Exxon. How are you, Bob?
4: God, thank you. It's good to be here.
3: Nice having you with us tonight, Bob. So uh, what was this ghostly experience 33 years ago that kind of turned on the button to get you doing what you do today?
4: Well, at the time I was 17 Mm -hmm. and uh, was part of a bicentennial play in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, I was one of the extras. wasn't anything special. But during one of the uh, last dress rehearsals, uh, I was one of the last ones to take our costumes back to wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And when I entered the room, there was a little lady sitting at a table sewing and I set my costume down and realized that I needed to tell her about a problem I was having with it and within just a matter of one to two seconds after I turned around she was gone and this wasn't a very big room and I was standing between her and the door so there was no way for her to have gotten around me and for a few minutes I kind of you know more or less freaked out I guess for lack of a better word And uh, after a few minutes some of the theater employees came in and saw the look on my face and asked me what had happened and when I explained they all began to chuckle and they said this was the the theater ghost and evidently the story was that it was a a woman who had worked at the theater so long that she really loved her job and they believed she had never lived after she had passed away
3: and that was it that that got you hooked
4: oh absolutely I mean it's 17 years old uh, I was brought up probably pretty much like most kids from that era Mm -hmm. Uh, we were always told there was no such thing as ghosts there were no monsters everything was just a figment of your imagination and this kind of blew reality for me as I knew it out of the water Uh, I actually experienced something that could not be readily explained and it really kind of set a fire under me, so to speak.
3: All right, Bob, please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Bob Honeycutt is our special guest, and he is with the Georgia Ghost Society. If you'd like to visit their website, Com. Bob and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break in two minutes as the Exxon continues on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back.
1: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget.
3: Honeycutt is my guest this hour. So, Nation's website is www.GeorgiaGhostSociety.com. Bob, how about telling us a little bit about your organization, the Georgia Ghost Society?
4: Well, first of all, we are a nonprofit organization, which mm-hmm. means that we do not charge for any of our services or uh, recommendations from any member in our group. Uh, we were officially created in 1999. And, uh, we are a little bit different from a lot of the groups out there. We do not have an open membership to just anyone. We actually try to conduct this as close to a business as possible. We actually have them submit an application, and we do uh, at least two in-person interviews, mainly to make sure that you know they're, we're dealing with somebody that is in the same mindset as we are.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, you know, a lot of people have criticized me for that, and some people have said I'm a control freak. But basically what it boils down to is, at the end of the day, I am the Georgia Ghost Society, and I want to make sure that if I have a team at a location, that they're going to conduct that investigation just like I would.
3: Well, that makes total sense to me.
4: Well, you know, the paranormal and ghost and hauntings have really taken a a sharp increase over the last five years. And one of the things that a lot of us have noticed Mm -hmm. that, say, for example, eight years ago in the state of Georgia, there were probably two to three groups overall in the state, and now I couldn't count them on three hands. And the problem is is that a lot of these people are kids and young adults that really have no more education or training in this than what they see on television. And it, it can be a daunting task sometimes to control some of the damage that they've done, like vandalism, going into locations uh, without permission. Uh, we even had one of our most favorite locations last month tell us that they had a group come in and leave beer cans.
3: Anyway. Oh, geez. That is so, that is unthinkable.
4: No, Yeah, Absolutely. And because if any of our teammates had showed up with any type of alcoholic beverages, they'd be sent home with their tail between their legs.
3: (laughs) And rightfully so, because, you know, you take this very seriously.
4: Absolutely. Uh, This is something that it's a lot of people that know me, uh, it goes without description. But a lot of people really don't understand, you know, why I devote so much time to this, especially when I make no money whatsoever doing it. one of the things that I really try to make people understand is that our first and foremost goal is to help people that are experiencing a haunting in their home. Uh, your home is your castle. That's where you're supposed to be able to go home and feel safe. Mm-hmm. And A lot of these people will call us in absolute terror and more or less say, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but and that's become pro- probably pretty much a standard call. Um, one of the first cases that I worked here in Georgia uh, dealt with a nine-year-old child who was the focal point of the haunting and was literally being thrown and tossed around in her bed at night, and this young child was so terrified that she literally pasted dozens of crucifixes throughout her house, and of course I have children myself, so that hits you sure in a is. level you know, not unlike anything else when it comes to children.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, what this, uh, this specific case that you were talking about with the, uh, with the young child, uh, how did you handle that case?
4: Well, basically we did our you know, interviews in person with the family. Mm-hmm. Then we conducted at least a two-day investigation. Uh, it's virtually impossible to make any kind of determination with just a few hours at a, at a house. I mean, you have to spend some time there. And once we had a pretty good idea of what we were dealing with, We called in some clergy to work with the family because we believed that at that point, that's what it was going to take.
3: And did it work?
4: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of the damage, uh, you know, psychologically had been done, and Mm. it wasn't too long after that that the husband and wife split up and went their separate ways. But uh, from the reports we've gotten over the last couple of years. Uh, that the family itself is doing well, the children grew up, and are living normal lives.
3: Now, um, there are a lot of different theories about ghosts, what they are. What do you believe ghosts really are?
4: Well, that's a good question, Rob. Uh, Right now, the three basic groups or classes that people fall into is you have the, the religious right that believes that everything is demonic. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other side, the exact opposite of the spectrum, where they don't believe in anything demonic. Everything is human spirits. Then you have the third, which pretty much falls into uh, the parapsychology realm. Everything is, is determined to be PK or enhanced psychokinetic abilities. The group that I belong to pretty much says it can be any or all of these at any time. Uh, I do believe that in some cases uh, the hauntings that we've dealt with are human spirits for some reason or another. Uh, they've decided to stay, whether it was uh, a location that they were fond of or if they felt like they had uh, a person in their family they needed to protect and watch over, or perhaps maybe they did not realize that they had died and passed on. And, of course, like I said earlier, you know, I have worked with, a priest and clergy on what i would consider demonic hauntings and these can get very nasty they're not quite like what you see in the movies and in hollywood but uh... there can be a lot of physical uh... and mental torture in this it's a, usually a psychological attack and of course we do know that um, that there are residual hauntings which are basically an imprint on the environment that replays over and over and over again. It's no intelligence or interaction. It's just like watching a video. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there are documented cases of uh, psychokinetic activity. That's usually what we associate with poltergeist activity.
3: Now, when you've done these investigations, uh, specifically the uh, demonic ones, have you ever had the heck scared out of you?
4: Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you, anybody that does this for any length of time mm-hmm. that tells you they don't get scared, they're either an idiot or they're lying. Um, <laughs> I still get scared. Fears are physiologic response, it's part of your sympathetic nervous system. You cannot control being afraid. You have to learn to control how you react. But uh, there was a case several years ago that I worked where clergy was also called in and, uh, I remember one evening, we were at the home, and the wife called us into the bedroom. And you could actually see this woman's legs being manipulated as if by hands. I mean, you could see finger depressions into her calf. And when I leaned over to take a photograph, something grabbed me. And it grabbed me in a, in a place that most men don't feel very comfortable being grabbed violently. Gotcha. <laughs> and that did scare me. And, of course, there was a priest there. Uh, I got up, I walked out of the room, went outside and lit a cigarette, just trying to compose myself. And next thing you know, here comes the priest wanting to know what had happened. And, you know, they, he asked, why didn't you say anything? And my response was the family is already terrified. I did not want to exacerbate the situation by sh- telling them what had just happened to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, we're supposed to be there to help them. That's right. But, uh, you know, luckily that was the as bad as it got. And with the priest there, he did his little thing with the holy water and a prayer. And then we went right back inside and went at it again.
3: When you're dealing with a demonic possession, is there levitation? Is there the speaking of tongues? Is there the stench that Hollywood uh, portrays? Or how do you, how did you see the, um, the demonic?
4: Well, and I'll be honest with you, Rob in, in, Almost 20 years of doing this, mm-hmm. I have never taken part in an exorcism. Uh, most of the clergy that I've worked with have made that, uh, you know, one concession that it's one thing to investigate, but they were not ready for me to cross that line. Uh, these are these are the type of hauntings that can follow you at home. Uh, they can uh, adversely affect not only yourself but your family, your children. Mm-hmm. So it was more or less as a protective uh, stance. I have volunteered on more than one occasion if I was needed. Uh, now I have not myself seen uh, anybody levitate, but uh, Father Andrew Calder that I work with quite a bit has during an exorcism. And some of the activity that he that he has described uh, is not completely like what you see in Hollywood. Hollywood takes a lot of uh, creative license and soups it up. I've never seen anybody's head spin around. I've never seen anybody spit Pete green soup.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me with all the new television shows on uh, on the tube on you know every t- you know you can sit down at any given time turn the channel changer and you're going to find some ghost uh, TV showed. Is this has this been an asset or a hindrance to you as a professional researcher?
4: I consider it a little bit of both. When, the, when it first started about four or five years ago with Ghost Hunters, mm-hmm. uh, that was really the first major uh, network viewing for you know paranormal activity. Of course, we had things during Halloween, documentaries and such, but this was the first pseudo-look into what we do, although it's not completely authentic, but it does give people a, a basic idea of what goes on. Uh, then, as things progressed, you started getting into shows like Paranormal State, Yes, uh, a haunting, which mm-hmm. these focused on nothing but the negative hauntings. And as a result of that, a lot of people in the field and I have talked about it, and we have all seen an increase in the number of requests for investigations that they believe is demonic because they are associating a particular thing with what they've seen
3: on TV. Interesting. Bob, please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the half hour. Bob Honeycutt is our special guest. He is the founder and director of the Georgia Ghost Society. Their website is www.georgiaghostsociety.com. When we come back on the other side, we're going to be talking to Bob about more ghost encounters that he has had, the type of investigations that they do at the Georgia Ghost Society. And we're also going to talk to Bob about EVPs. He sent us some EVPs to be uh, to play during this hour, so we'll do that. All this and more as the Exxon continues on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Honeycutt is my special guest. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com on MSN Messenger, Talkstar Radio at hotmail.com, and our websites www.exoneradio.com and com. Bob Honeycutt is the founder and the director of the georgia ghost society and um bob is it is there any proof that ghosts are real and that hauntings are real and they're just not a figment of people's imaginations
4: That that's also a good question rob right now uh there is no empirical proof scientific data that would support it mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately uh the way scientists would want to prove it would to be able to recreate it on command. And one thing we've learned over the years is that uh, ghosts don't perform on command. Uh, if they don't want to come out and play, they're not going to come out at all. Uh, although you cannot prove it his, uh, scientifically, we have seen some correlation to where we can prove it historically. Uh, we worked one case a few years ago that's a good example. Uh, it was a, an older southern home. Uh, that was built approximately two hundred years ago Mm -hmm. Um, the original family who had built the home lived there for years and over the last seventy uh... to eighty years uh, three other uh... different families have rented and lived in the home uh... all of the three families since the original owner's family experienced activity in the house uh... everybody uh... Each family witnessed an apparition, uh, and they never had a chance or an opportunity to speak with each other at any time during, you know, their occupancy of the house. But investigation and research revealed that each family was experiencing the exact same activity in the exact same rooms. And when uh, a representative from the family were pulled and shown a particular photograph, they all picked out the same person as being the apparition they saw. And the photograph was one of the original owners. So there have been reports of ghosts and hauntings since before recorded time, uh, even before the time of Christ. So there's got to be something going on. Um, I don't think that every uh, investigation that we conduct is absolutely a haunting. Uh, or paranormal activity we have seen that a lot of this is mistaken uh, activity that they mistake as a haunting and one of the things that we do that's a little bit different than most groups uh, when we first begin our investigation we set out to rule out natural causes first Uh, we identify uh, initially when we first get there throughout the night uh, things like power sources conduit in the wall or uh, compressors, refrigerators, things like that, things that naturally uh, emit a large EMF field. Uh, and again, this, uh, even though we try to use certain scientific principles and protocols, uh, you don't really conduct a scientific investigation because science does not consider this a viable field of research. They consider it a pseudoscience.
3: Now, why hasn't uh, the research that you and other credible researchers are doing. Why is, it, why is science having a hard time with this?
4: It's because uh, they don't, it does not fit into their little box of scientific principles that they all believe in. Uh, in 2006, there was a professor at the University of Central Florida, a physics professor, that wrote a paper stating that if ghosts really did exist, they would uh, violate Newton's third law of motion. For every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Mm -hmm. So in other words, for a ghost to be able to pass through a wall, it should not be able to walk on a floor and not pass through. But what this particular scientist was basing his information on was his disbelief. You can't put physical properties to a spiritual world. Um, You know, most of the people that have experienced ghosts or apparitions you know, you're not actually seeing a physical body. It's either how the particular person is interpreting what is being sent to them or it's how uh, we believe sometimes it's how the spirit sees themselves. You know, a lot of people see hauntings of individuals that died, but when they died they were old. Yes. And they see the, the spirit as a younger version of that person. So we don't really know exactly how or why we're seeing them. Uh, But there are enough, you know, cases throughout the years and enough documentation and research to show that there is something going on.
3: You sent me some EVPs uh, to play on tonight's shows. I was wondering if you could tell our audience who may not be familiar with the term EVP what an EVP is.
4: Well, EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. Mm -hmm. And primarily what this is uh, is the use of either analog audio recording or digital audio recordings in an environment such as a, a house or an interior location primarily and we will ask specific questions out loud and sometimes we're actually able to get a response not in real time that you would hear but when you play it back you often will get a response of some type sometimes they're not what I would consider a direct response to the question at hand, but they have their own way of getting the message across. Now this is something that's been going on for quite some time. The original father of EVP was actually an environmentalist who was doing bird studies, and when he played the recordings back, he actually heard human voices, but he knew that the location where he was recording, there were no other people around. Uh, Thomas Edison also did some research into this and actually had plans for what he called a telephone to the dead. And and within the last couple of years, uh, they have uh, built what they call a telephone to the dead, uh, where you can actually use it, what they consider for spirit communication. Mm -hmm. But the EBP is primarily what we use. Uh, We will ask a question. We will ask for a verbal response, but we will also ask if they're unable to, to speak or to respond verbally, would they please knock or make some type of noise, uh, usually once for yes and twice for no. And we have gotten many of those type of responses as well, but the ones I've sent you tonight are all verbal.
2: All right.
3: Uh, so why don't you set one of these up for us?
4: Well, not all of these... Uh, EVP came from one location. It was a residential investigation uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the activity was surrounding a three-year-old child. The parents had given the child an old cordless telephone to play with that had a uh, recorder built into it, in other words, like an answering machine. Yeah. And although it was not plugged up to a phone jack, the little girl would be talking on the phone to her imaginary friend but benounced anybody else that knew uh, the child was getting responses. And that's when we were called in to investigate. And during this three-day investigation, we actually got over 25 Class As, which are uh, EVPs come in three classes, Class A, B, and C, A being the, the most Uh, Easily heard, C being the worst. And these are just as clear as if somebody walked up and whispered in your ear.
3: Now, which one would you like me to play first?
4: Uh, Any one of them. Uh, My particular one that really caught my attention uh, were the two that talked about somebody's mother being dead.
3: Okay, we've Uh, got John's mom's dead and Mickey's.
4: And uh, I think the other one was Mickey's mom's dead. And there was nobody there that lived in the home by those names.
3: All right, so we'll play John's mom's. John's John, mom's dead. Here we go. Once again. Whoops. And that's pretty clear. John's mom's dead.
4: Absolutely. Uh, and these are the type that. Uh, even though, as long as I've been doing this, as soon as I heard them, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, because this kind of clarity is not very common.
3: All right, this is the sec- the second of five that you sent us. This is Mickey's mom's dead. Here we go. Mickey's mom's dead. And again. Mickey's mom's dead. And we'll just do it one more time. The voice that we're hearing uh, were you able to ascertain whose voice it is
4: well we had uh, a psychic with us uh, named sharon john mm-hmm. uh, who has is, is quite famous uh working with a law law enforcement agencies on missing persons and murders and she's even been featured on a lot of uh the psychic television programs and she she was under the impression that it was a child molester um We believe that not only was there a human spirit there, but we also believe that this could possibly be a malevolent spirit because we do believe that spirits attract spirits. And because it was focusing so much on just the child, Mm -hmm. there were other people living in the house. Uh, There was even another uh, adolescent boy who was younger than the the girl. But everything seemed to focus around her. the, the bad thing was is that the activity got to the point where it really frightened the family so bad that they fled from the home uh, and did not want any of us you know, to work on them any further. Uh, I begged the family to let us bring some clergy in, but unfortunately a lot of times people will uh, adopt the, the ostrich syndrome. If they yes. stick their head in the sand, if they can't see it or hear it, it's gone away.
3: Here's another clip that you sent me. Georgie's good. All right, so listen to this one, Exxon. And again. And one more time. Once again, that's a very clear EVP.
4: Exactly. And one of the things, now, these particular recordings were while we were present, Mm -hmm. there were other recordings that were done. You know, before we came into this case, but we only really paid attention to the ones that we knew without any possibility were faked or or recorded some other way. Uh, As a matter of fact, once we finished with this case, uh, I brought the the answering machine and telephone back with me and now have it locked away with holy icons on it just to be on the safe side.
3: Here's another clip that you sent us. Must drown her now. Let's listen to this. And one more time. Now, with that one there, I'm not as impressed as I was with the other ones, uh, to be honest with you.
4: Well, the volume on that one was so low. Mm -hmm. uh, The only thing I did to it was boost the volume on it. And that, that that really takes away from it. Um, if if you heard it through a, you know some of the headsets that we use it would be a lot clearer. Uh, but this this was also you know one of the ones that was recorded while we were there. Um, the program that we use to analyze this uh, is the Adobe uh, Sound Edit, and it's a very good program. Uh, we never uh, change the pitch or augment it in any way, uh, sometimes just to make sure we can hear it properly, we will boost uh, the decibel level. And I think on this one, we only boosted it to six decibels.
3: All right, and the final clip that we have is touch mother. And again. And the final time. Now these were all taken from at uh, the same location, right? Exactly. What is the story behind this uh, location? Were there murders? Were there was was there a, a torture going on? What is going on here?
4: Well, from what we were able to pick up, mm-hmm. uh, that there had been some interest uh, by the family uh, in occult items. We found a Ouija board in the house. Uh, we found other items that could be used during some type of uh, whether you want to call it a cult or seances or or whatever but it was used for some particular spiritual purpose and I believe that people who use these things like seances and Ouija boards uh, can open a doorway and just because you're looking for Uncle Fred and Aunt Mary doesn't necessarily mean that's who you're going to get Uh, and we've had documented cases for years where people have played with these kind of things uh, just out of fun, and they thought it would be interesting to do, and it was a short time later that all hell broke loose.
3: Bob, please stand by. We have to take our final break. Bob Honeycutt is our special guest. His website, www.GeorgiaGhostSociety.com. When we come back from the commercial break, more with Bob Honeycutt as the exome continues live and around the world right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away.
1: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget, unlike your team that missed the end zone net area.
3: Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. We started off the night with uh, Jules Nadeau. We were talking about uh, the daily lives of 12 of the holiest people in the world. Uh, They've just finished a new documentary entitled, In God's Name. Second hour, Serona Knight joined us for Dream Interpretation. Third hour, Nathan Brown talked about The Complete Idiot's Guide to World Mythology. And my guest this hour is Robert Honeycutt. He is the founder and director of the Georgia Ghost Society. Bob, first of all, thanks very much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, thanks for sending those uh, EVPs.
4: Oh, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate the invitation. It's been great.
3: Bob, uh, how many members of the uh, Georgia Ghost Society are there?
4: Uh, At this present time, we have uh, right at 27 active members. Uh, Some of the members uh, that helped us when we first got started have eventually moved away. We have a husband and wife team that are in the military and are now stationed in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I have another one that uh, has moved to Kentucky, Mm -hmm. and uh, they've just been part of the family. So as long as there's a Georgia Ghost Society, they'll be a part of it.
3: What would you like to tell people who may be considering uh, becoming ghost hunters?
4: Well, the, the, the thing that I tell to everyone is if this is something that you're interested in doing, uh, do it right. Uh-huh. Uh, if you, when you're ready to learn to drive, somebody has to teach you. When you start your first job, somebody has to train you. So don't be in such a rush. Uh, don't try to take off more than you can chew. Find a team in your area that is established, has been working for at least uh, eight or ten years. Learn it from the ground up before you decide to start your own group. Uh, that's That's been the the primary reason why there's been such a large surge of new groups over the last few years. Uh, and everybody calls themselves a paranormal investigator. Uh, don't give yourself a title. Be a ghost hunter first. Learn it. And then if it's something that you want to to dig in too deeper than, by all mm-hmm. means, go. But uh, most people uh, think that every place we go is going to be extremely active. There have been many investigations where uh, for hours on end we get nothing. So it's it's like going fishing. You have to throw your line in, wait a while. If that doesn't work, put it somewhere else.
3: That's right. Again, Bob, thanks very much for joining us tonight. A great pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to the next time when you visit us here in the Exxon. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye now. That's it for tonight, everyone. Wow, what a great show. On tomorrow night's show, I have one of the world's leading physicists joining me, and we're going to be talking about the future. And uh, Cal Corf will be with us. That's all I'm going to say. Visit our website at www.xzoneradio.com to see who my very first special guest is for the first two hours of tomorrow night's show is going to be. Batman at Master Control, thanks, buddy, for keeping us up on those three birds in the sky galaxy 4 our Telstar 7 and Aglia 2 and on talkstarradio.com streaming audio. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers, thank you, sweetheart. Keith Friedman at consolidated streaming. Thanks, Keith, for keeping our video feed going for us. And you. Thank you, the members of the Zone Nation. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your day, your night, no matter where you are on this great big world of ours. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Zone. So until tomorrow night, Zone Nation, if you've got a little child at home, give them a hug, give them a kiss. Tell them they are loved because they are the leaders of tomorrow.
1: And always keep your eyes to the sky
3: and your heart to the light.
1: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area.